Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narotamam Devim Sarasutim Vyasam Tato Jaya Mudiraye Thank you, dear devotees, Hare Krishna, for coming in. It's so nice to be here with all of you to read the Srimad Bhagavatam. And thanks everyone who's joined us online. I saw you there. You can check Pran, Subhadra. We're taking up where we left off this morning in the second canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, first chapter. And we're at text number 16. Is there a Zoom feature where it goes slightly larger? Or is this the standard size? Does it? Yeah, the font size go a little bit larger? Okay, I think I was struggling a little bit this morning. Which may mean something, I don't know. Okay. Didn't we do Katvanga? We read the Katvanga verse, no? Which verse is it? Did we read Katvanga verse? Oh. Grihat pravarjato dhira punyatirta javapluta shuchau vivikta asino vidivat kalpitasane. One should leave home and practice self control. In a sacred place, he should bathe regularly and sit down in a lonely place, duly sanctified. Purport. To prepare oneself for the better next life, one must get out of one's so-called home. The system of Varnashrama Dharma or Sanatana Dharma prescribes retirement from family encumbrances as early as possible after one has passed 50 years of age. Modern civilization is based on family comforts, the highest standard of amenities, and therefore after retirement, everyone expects to live a very comfortable life in a well-furnished home, decorated with fine ladies and children without any desire to get out of such a comfortable home. High government officers and ministers stick to their prized posts until death, and they neither dream nor desire to get out of homely comforts. Bound by such hallucinations, materialistic men prepare various plans for a still more comfortable life. But suddenly, cruel death comes without mercy and takes away the great plan-maker against his desire, forcing him to give up the present body for another body. <clears throat> Such a plan-maker is thus forced to accept another body in one of the 8,400,000 species of life, according to the fruits of the work he has performed. In the next life, persons who are too much attached to family comforts are generally awarded lower species of life, on account of sinful acts performed during a long duration of sinful life. 
and thus all the energy of the human life is spoiled. In other words, to be saved from the danger of spoiling the human form of life and being attached to unreal things, one must take warning of the death. One must take warning of death at the age of 50, if not earlier. The principle is that one should take it for granted that the death warning is already there, even prior to the attainment of 50 years of age. And thus at any stage of life, one should prepare himself for a better next life. The system of the Sanatan Dharma institution is so made that the follower is trained for the better next life without any chance that the human life will be spoiled. The holy places all over the world are meant for the residential purposes of retired persons getting ready for a better next life. Intelligent persons must go there at the end of life and for that matter after 50 years of age to live a life of spiritual regeneration for the sake of being freed from family attachment which is considered to be the shackle of material life. One is recommended to quit home just to get rid of material attachment because one who sticks to family life until death cannot get rid of material attachment as long as one is materially attached and as long as one is material attached one cannot understand spiritual freedom. One should not however become self-complacent simply by leaving home or by creating another home at the holy place either lawfully or unlawfully. Many persons leave home and go to such holy places but due to bad association, again become family men by illicit connection with the opposite sex. The illusory energy of matter is so strong that one is apt to be under such illusion at every stage of life, even after quitting one's happy home. Therefore, it is essential that one practice self-control by celibacy without the least desire for sex indulgence. For a man desiring to improve the condition of his existence, sex indulgence is considered suicidal or even worse. Therefore, to live apart from family life means to become self-controlled in regard to all sense desires, especially sex desires. The method is that one should have a duly sanctified sitting place made of straw, deerskin, and carpet. And thus, sitting on it, one should chant the holy name of the Lord without offense as prescribed above. The whole process is to drag the mind from material entanglements and fix it on the lotus feet of the Lord. This simple process alone will help one advance to the highest stage of spiritual success. Abhyasin manasa shuddham tivrad brahmaksharam param mano yachchej Jitta Shwasho Ramabhijam Avismaran. After sitting in the above manner, make the mind remember the three transcendental letters AUM, and by regulating the breathing process, control the mind so as not to forget the transcendental seed. Purport Omkar or the Pranava is the seed of transcendental realization, and it is composed of the three transcendental letters AUM. By its chanting by the mind, in conjunction with the breathing process, which is a transcendental but mechanical way of getting into trance, as devised by the experience of great mystics, one is able to bring the mind, which is materially absorbed, under control. This is the way of changing the habit of the mind. 
The mind is not to be killed. Mind or desire cannot be stopped, but to develop a desire to function for spiritual realization. The quality of engagement by the mind has to be changed. The mind is the pivot of the active sense organs, and as such, if the quality of thinking, feeling, and willing is changed, naturally the quality of actions by the instrumental senses will also change. Omkara is the seed of all transcendental sound, and it is only the transcendental sound which can bring about the desired change of the mind and the senses. Even a mentally deranged man can be cured by the treatment of transcendental sound. In the Bhagavad Gita, the pranava, omkar, has been accepted as the direct, literal representation of the supreme absolute truth. One who is not able to chant directly the holy name of the Lord as recommended above can easily chant the pranava, omkar. This omkar is a note of address, such as, O oh my Lord, just as Om Hari Om means, O oh my Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. As we have explained before, the Lord's holy name is identical with the Lord himself. So also is Omkar, but persons who are unable to realize the transcendental personal form or name of the Lord on account of their imperfect senses, in other words, the neophytes, are trained to the practice of self-realization by this mechanical process of regulating the breathing function and simultaneously repeating the pranava omkar within the mind. As we have several times expressed, since the transcendental name form attributes, pastimes, etc., of the personality of Godhead are impossible to understand with the present material senses, it is necessary that through the mind, the center of central activities, such transcendental realization be set into motion. The devotees directly fix their minds on the person of the absolute truth, but one who is unable to accommodate such personal features of the absolute is disciplined in impersonality to train the mind to make further progress. Do you like just hearing? Very good. Nyached Niyach ched vishaye bhyokshan manasa buddhi sarathi manakarma bira akshiptam shubharte dharayedhya. Gradually, as the mind becomes progressively spiritualized, withdraw it from sense activities, and by intelligence, the senses will be controlled. The mind too absorbed in material activities can be engaged in the service of the personality of Godhead and become fixed in full transcendental consciousness. Purport. The first process of spiritualizing the mind by mechanical chanting of the pranava omkar and by control of the breathing system is technically called the mystic or yogic process of pranayama or fully controlling the breathing air. The ultimate state of this pranayama system is to be fixed in trance, technically called samadhi. But experience has proven that even the samadhi stage also fails to control the materially absorbed mind. For example, the great mystic Vishramrita Muni, even in the stage of samadhi, became a victim of the senses and cohabited with Minaka. History has already recorded this. 
the mind, although ceasing to think of sensual activities at present, remembers past sensual activities from the subconscious status and thus disturbs one from cent percent engagement in self-realization. Therefore, Shukadeva Goswami recommends the next step of assured policy, namely to fix one's mind in the service of the personality of Godhead. Shri Krishna, Lord Sri Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, also recommends this direct process in the Bhagavad Gita 647. Thus, the mind being spiritually cleansed, one should at once engage himself in the transcendental loving service of the Lord by the different devotional activities of hearing, chanting, etc. If performed under proper guidance, that is the surest path of progress, even for the disturbed mind. Text 19. Tatrai kavya vanam dhyayed avyuchinena chetasa mano nirvisayam yuktva tata kinchana nasmare padam tat paramam vishnor mano yatra prasidati. Thereafter, you should meditate on the limbs of Vishnu one after another, without being deviated from the conception of the complete body. Thus the mind becomes free from all sense objects. There should be no other thing to be thought upon, because the Supreme Personality of God at Vishnu is the ultimate truth. The mind becomes completely reconciled in Him only. Foolish persons bewildered by the external energy of Vishnu do not know that the ultimate goal of the progressive search after happiness is to get in touch directly with Lord Vishnu, the Personality of Godhead. Vishnu Tattva is an unlimited expansion of different transcendental forms of the Personality of Godhead. And the supreme or original form of Vishnu Tattva is Govinda, or Lord Krishna, the supreme cause of all causes. Therefore, thinking of Vishnu or meditating upon the transcendental form of Vishnu, specifically upon Lord Krishna, is the last word on the subject of meditation. This meditation may be begun from the lotus feet of the Lord. One should not, however, forget or be misled from the complete form of the Lord. Thus, one should practice thinking of the different parts of his transcendental body, one after another. Here in this verse, it is definitely assured that the Supreme Lord is not impersonal. He is a person, but his body is different from those of conditioned persons like us. Otherwise, meditation beginning from the pranava, omkar, up to the limbs of the personal body of Vishnu would not have been recommended by Shukadeva Goswami for the attainment of complete spiritual perfection. The Vishnu forms of worship in great temples of India are not, therefore, arrangements of idol worship as they are wrongly interpreted to be by a class of men with a poor fund of knowledge. Rather, they are different spiritual centers of meditation on the transcendental limbs of the body of Vishnu. The worshipable deity in the temple of Vishnu is identical with Lord Vishnu by the inconceivable potency of the Lord. Therefore, neophytes' concentration or meditation upon the limbs of Vishnu in the temple as contemplated in the revealed scriptures, is an easy opportunity for meditation for persons who are unable to sit down tightly at one place and then concentrate upon pranava omkar, or the limbs of the body of Vishnu, as recommended herein by Shukadeva Swami, the great authority. 
The common man can benefit more by meditating on the form of Vishnu in the temple than on the omkar, the spiritual combination of AUM, as explained before. There is no difference between omkar and the forms of Vishnu, but persons unacquainted with the science of absolute truth try to create dissension by differentiating between the forms of Vishnu and that of omkar. Here it is indicated that the Vishnu form is the ultimate goal of meditation and as such, it is better to concentrate upon the forms of Vishnu than on impersonal omkar. The latter process is also more difficult than the former. Rajas tamobhyam akshiptam vimudham mana atmanaha yachched dharanayadhiro kritam malam One's mind is always agitated by the passionate mode of material nature and bewildered by the ignorant mode of nature. But one can rectify such conceptions by the relation of Vishnu and thus become pacified by cleansing the dirty things created by them. Purport, persons generally conducted by the modes of passion and ignorance cannot be bona fide candidates for being situated in the transcendental stage of God-realization. Only persons conducted by the mode of goodness can have the knowledge of the supreme truth. Effects of the modes of passion and ignorance are manifested by too much hankering after wealth and women. And those who are too much after wealth and women can rectify their leanings only by constant remembrance of Vishnu in his feature composed of impersonal potencies. Generally, the impersonalists or monists are influenced by the modes of passion and ignorance. Such impersonalists think of themselves as liberated souls, but they have no knowledge of the transcendental personal feature of the absolute truth. Actually, they are impure in heart on account of being devoid of knowledge of the personal feature of the absolute. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that after many hundreds of births, the impersonal philosopher surrenders unto the personality of Godhead. To acquire such a qualification of God-realization in the personal feature, the neophyte impersonalist is given a chance to realize the relation of the Lord in everything by the philosophy of pantheism. Pantheism, in its higher status, does not permit the student to form an impersonal conception of the absolute truth, but it extends the conception of the absolute truth into the field of so-called material energy. Everything created by the material energy can be dovetailed with the absolute by an attitude of service, which is the essential part of living energy. The pure devotee of the Lord knows the art of converting everything into its spiritual existence by this service attitude. And only in that devotional way can the theory of pantheism be perfected. Everyone okay? Better than okay. Yasyam sandaryam, yasyam sandaryamanayam, yogino bhakti lakshanaha, ashu sampadyate yoga, ashrayam bhadram ikshataha. O king, by this system of remembrance and by being fixed in the habit of seeing the all good personal conception of the Lord, one can very soon attain devotional service to the Lord under his direct shelter. 
purport, success of mystic performances is achieved only by the help of the devotional attitude. Pantheism or the system of feeding, excuse me, pantheism or the system of feeling the presence of the Almighty everywhere is a sort of training of the mind to become accustomed to the devotional conception. And it is this devotional attitude of the mystic that makes possible the successful termination of such mystic attempts. One is not, however, elevated to such a successful status without the tinge of mixture in devotional service. The devotional atmosphere created by pantheistic vision develops into devotional service in later days, and that is the only benefit for the impersonalists. It is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 12.5 that the impersonal way of self-realization is more troublesome because it reaches the goal in an indirect way, although the impersonalist also becomes obsessed with the personal feature of the Lord after a long time. Rajovacha yata sandaryate brahman dharayatma dharana yatrasamata Yadrishiva Harid Ashu Purushasya Manomalam. The fortunate King Parikshit, inquiring further, said, O Brahmana, please describe in full detail how and where the mind has to be applied and how the conception can be fixed so that the dirty things in a person's mind can be removed. Purport. The dirty things in the heart of a conditioned soul are the root cause of all troubles for him. A conditioned soul is surrounded by the manifold miseries of material existence, but on, but on account of his gross ignorance, he is unable to remove the troubles due to dirty things in the heart accumulated during the long prison life in the material world. He is actually meant to serve the will of the Supreme Lord, but on account of the dirty things in the heart, he likes to serve his concocted desires. These desires, instead of giving him any peace of mind, create new problems and thus bind him to the cycle of repeated birth and death. These dirty things of fruit of work and empiric philosophy can be removed only by association with the Supreme Lord. The Lord, being omnipotent, can offer his association by his inconceivable potencies. The Lord, being omnipotent, can offer his association by his inconceivable potencies. Thus persons who are unable to pin their faith on the personal feature of the absolute are given a chance to associate with his virat rupa, or the cosmic impersonal feature of the Lord. The cosmic impersonal feature of the Lord is a feature of his unlimited potencies. Since the potent and potencies are identical, even the conception of his impersonal cosmic feature helps the conditioned soul to associate with the Lord indirectly and thus gradually rise to the stage of personal contact. Maharaj Prikshit was already directly connected with the personal feature of the Lord, Sri Krishna, and as such, he had no need to inquire from Shukadev Goswami about where and how to apply the mind in the impersonal virat rupa of the Lord. But he inquired after a detailed description of the matter for the benefit of others who are unable to conceive of the transcendental personal feature of the Lord as the form of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. 
The non-devotee class of men cannot think of the personal feature of the Lord. Because of their poor fund of knowledge, the personal form of the Lord, like Rama or Krishna, is completely revolting to them. They have a poor estimation of the potency of the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita 9.11, it is explained by the Lord himself that people with a poor fund of knowledge deride the Supreme Personality of the Lord, taking him to be a common man. Such men are ignorant of the inconceivable potency of the Lord. By the inconceivable potency of the Lord, he can move in human society or any other society of living beings and yet remain the same omnipotent Lord without deviating from the slightest, without deviating in the slightest from his transcendental position. So, for the benefit of men who are unable to accept the Lord in his personal eternal form, Maharaj Prichit inquired from Shukadev Goswami how to fix the mind on him in the beginning. And the Goswami replied in detail as follows. Shri Shukha Uvacha Jita Sano Jita Shwasho Jita Sango Jitendriya Stule Bhagavato Rupe Manak Sandariyadhiya Shri Shukha Uvacha Shukadeva Goswami answered, one, could, one should control the sitting posture regulate the breathing process by the yogic pranayama and thus control the mind and senses and with intelligence apply the mind to the gross potencies of the Lord called the virat rupa. The materially absorbed mind of the conditioned soul does not allow him to transcend the limit of the bodily conception of life and thus the yoga system for meditation controlling the sitting posture and breathing process and fixing the mind upon the Supreme is prescribed in order to mold the character of the gross materialist. Unless such materialists are able to cleanse the materially absorbed mind, it is impossible for them to concentrate upon thoughts of transcendence. And to do so, one may fix one's mind on the gross material or external feature of the Lord. The different parts of the gigantic form of the Lord are described in the following verses. The materialistic men are very anxious to have some mystic powers as a result of such a controlling process. But the real purpose of yogic regulations is to eradicate the accumulated dirty things like lust, anger, avarice, and all such material contaminations. If the mystic yogi is diverted by the accompanying Mm -hmm. by the feats. Okay, back to the beginning of the sentence. It's a long sentence though, I think. But the real purpose of yogic regulation is to eradicate the accumulated dirty things like lust, anger, avarice, and all such material contaminations. If the mystic yogi is diverted by the accompanying feats of mystic control, then his mission of yogic success is a failure because the ultimate aim is God-realization. He is therefore recommended to fix his gross materialistic mind by a different conception and thus realize the potency of the Lord. As soon as the potencies are understood to be instrumental manifestations of, of the transcendence, one automatically advances to the next step and gradually the stage of full realization becomes possible for him.
Visheshasasyadeho yam stavishtascha staviyasam yatredam vyajate vishvam bhutam bhavyam bhavachchasat. The gigantic, the gigantic manifestation of the phenomenal material world as a whole is the personal body of the absolute truth, wherein the universal resultant past, present, and future of material time is experienced. Purport, anything either material or spiritual is but an expansion of the energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And as stated in the Bhagavad Gita 1313, the omnipotent Lord has his transcendental eyes, heads, and other bodily parts distributed everywhere. He can see, hear, touch, or manifest himself anywhere and everywhere, for he is present everywhere as the supersoul of all infinitesimal souls, although he has his particular abode in the absolute world. The relative, mm -hmm. the relative, where are we? Although he is in his abode, his energy is distributed everywhere, just as the sun is localized as well as expanded everywhere, since the rays of the sun, being non-different from the sun, are accepted as expansions of the sun disk. In the Vishnu Purana, where? It is said that as fire expands its rays and heat from one place, similarly, the Supreme Spirit, the personality of God, it expands himself by his manifold energy everywhere and anywhere. The phenomenal manifestation of the gigantic universe is only a part of his virat body. Less intelligent men cannot conceive of the transcendental all spiritual form of the Lord, but they are astounded by his different energies, just as the aborigines are struck with wonder by the manifestation of lightning, a gigantic mountain, or a hugely expanded banyan tree. The aborigines praise the strength of the tiger and the elephant because of their superior energy and strength. The asuras cannot recognize the existence of the Lord, although there are vivid descriptions of the Lord in the revealed scriptures, although the Lord incarnates and exhibits his uncommon strength and energy, and although he is accepted as the Supreme Personality of Godhead by learned scholars and saints like Vyasadeva, Narada, Asita, and Devala in the past, and by Arjuna in the Bhagavad Gita, as also by the Acharyas like Shankara, Ramanuja, Madhva, and Lord Sri Chaitanya in the modern age. The Asuras do not accept any evidential proof from the revealed scriptures, nor do they recognize the authority of the great Acharyas. They want to see with their own eyes at once. Therefore, they can see the gigantic body of the Lord as Virat, which will answer their challenge. And since they are accustomed to paying homage to superior material strength, like that of the tiger, elephant, and lightning, they can offer respect to the Virat Rupa. Lord Krishna, by the request of Arjuna, exhibited his Virat Rupa for the Asuras. A pure devotee of the Lord, being unaccustomed to looking into such a mundane, gigantic form of the Lord, requires special vision for the purpose. The Lord, therefore, favored Arjuna with special vision for looking into his Virat Rupa, which is described in the 11th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. This Virat Rupa of the Lord was especially manifested not for the benefit of Arjuna, but for that unintelligent class of men who accept anyone and everyone. 
as an incarnation of the Lord and so mislead the general mass of people. For them, the indication is that one should ask the cheap incarnation to exhibit his virat rupa and thus be established as an incarnation. The virat rupa manifestation of the Lord is simultaneously a challenge to the atheist and a favor for the asuras who can think of the Lord as virat and thus gradually cleanse the dirty things from their hearts in order to become qualified to actually see the transcendental form of the Lord in the near future. This is a favor of the all-merciful Lord to the atheists and the gross materialists. After this one, we'll take a couple of reflections. Andakoshe sharire smin saptavarana samyute vairaja purusho yo sao Bhagavandaranashraya. The gigantic universal form of the personality of Godhead within the body of the universal shell, which is covered by sevenfold material elements, is a subject for the Virat conception. Purport. Simultaneously, the Lord has multifarious other forms, and all of them are identical with the original fountainhead form of the Lord, Sri Krishna. In the Bhagavad Gita, it has been proven that the original transcendental and eternal form of the Lord is Sri Krishna, the absolute personality of Godhead, but by his inconceivable internal potency, Atmamaya. He can expand himself by multifarious forms and incarnations simultaneously without being diminished in his full potency. He is complete, and although innumerable complete forms emanate from, from him, he is still complete without any loss. That is his spiritual or internal potency. In the 11th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, the personality of Godhead, Lord Krishna, manifested his virat rupa just to convince the less intelligent class of men who cannot conceive of the Lord as appearing just like a human being that he factually has the potency of his claim to be the supreme absolute person without any rival or superior. Materialistic men can think, although very imperfectly, of the huge universal space comprehending an innumerable number of planets as big as the sun. They can see only the circular sky overhead without any information that this universe, as well as many other hundreds of thousands of universes, are each covered by sevenfold material coverings of water, fire, air, sky, ego, nomenon, and material nature, just as a huge football pumped and covered, floating on the water of the causal ocean, wherein the Lord is lying as Mahavishnu, withdraws his great breath. In this way, the material worlds are being created and vanquished, being created and vanished by the will, by the supreme will of the Lord. The poor, foolish materialist can just imagine how ignorantly he puts forward an insignificant creature to become his rival. Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama. Incarnation, simply by the allegations of a dying man. The vir I got to read this sentence again so it's, so it's poetical and I don't want to chop it in half. Thank you. The poor foolish materialist can just imagine how ignorantly he puts forth uh, 
The poor foolish materialist can just imagine how ignorantly he puts forward an insignificant creature to become his rival incarnation simply on the allegations of a dying man. The Virat Rupa was particularly exhibited by the Lord just to give lessons to such foolish men so that one can accept a person as the incarnation of Godhead only if such a person is able to exhibit such a Virat Rupa as the Lord did. The materialistic person may concentrate his mind upon the Virat or gigantic form of the Lord in his own interest or as recommended by Shukadeva Goswami, but he must be on his guard not to be misled by pretenders who claim to be the identical person as Lord Krishna but are not able to act like him or exhibit the Viratarupa, comprehending the whole of the universe. And now I'll just take a few reflections. And please put the Zoom room back up, if you might. Prabhu. So one of the things that struck me is that the universal form is a favor to the atheists because they can't comprehend uh, Krishna's personal form. Then Krishna gives them the taste of what big or what powerful means. So. Yeah. It's a indication of the accommodating nature of the Bhagavatam. From the very beginning, we get the idea that there's a way for everyone to start no matter what situation one's in. No one's out and out disparaged. They're just given an opportunity to move forward. And I also noticed that Prabhupada punctuates all these points by saying that very soon they'll see the personal form of the Lord. <laughs> Even though they're taking a very indirect path. He's so helpful and optimistic uh, of the success of everyone due to the association of the Bhagavata that he makes these very declarative statements. Okay, what else did you hear that stuck? Yes, Brenda Savico. I like the point saying that uh, by changing the quality of uh, thinking, feeling, and willing, uh, uh, one's actions also, the quality of one's actions also can be changed. So just like changing the uh, quality, thinking, quality, the quality of thinking, yeah. feeling, and willing. Willing, the quality of actions also can be changed. The qualities such of a, actions could also be changed. Such a simple process, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. We can. Simple, but maybe not easy at yeah. first, except by the association of devotees and so forth. Clear, clear path. Yeah, clear path. Thank you. Nice, Sukeshri. Prabhu, I have a question. So does that mean that everybody who is an impersonalist today can actually become a devotee? Uh, I mean, would actually would all of them become devotees? Probably if they meet you. So you'll give them a Bhagavatam set. <laughs> we met all this Mayavadis when we were in Dameshwara Mahaprabhu's temple. Were you all there? And we were singing Hare Krishna. They couldn't, they couldn't chant. Then we sang, sang Doyal Nitai Chaitanya Boli, and they went nuts. You know, for a long time they were just standing there, like looking at us. They wouldn't chant Hare Krishna. But then Nitai and Chaitanya, and they started dancing, smiling, chanting, everything. So, what was the question? My brother. Yeah, what about him? 
I asked that question because most of my family members are Mayavadi people. So I was just wondering. I hope someday it it was it was such a wonderful thing to hear that they will become devotees some point of time. So hopeful. <laughs> yeah, if anybody gets association with devotees, it's very hopeful. Otherwise, Sri Shapanishad says that um, those who worship the impersonal absolute enter into the darkest region of ignorance. Well, actually, those who worship the Davis, and worse still are those who worship the impersonal absolute. But that's just to give an indication of they're on the wrong path. I mean, it's not just to give indication they're on the wrong path. They are, and the consequences are dire, but yeah, Shukadeva Goswami is very optimistically pointing out this way that they, people can gradually be elevated. But Prabhupada points out here that the element of bhakti has to be introduced. It's not that just, you know, my bodies, impersonalists, automatically. Maya mugda jivana nahi swata krishna again. It's not automatic that somebody comes to Krishna consciousness. Even Shukadeva Goswami, who was an impersonalist at first, then heard the Bhagavatam because his father went out of his way to um, interject the Bhagavatam into uh, his ears. He sent his students out to recite it. And when Shukadeva heard that, then he, th he realized a higher quality of energy. So your Bhagavatam distribution is very important. Thank you. Okay. Anyone else? Yes. Uh, I was appreciating how uh, this description of the mind. So at one point it said uh, the mind has to be dragged. The next few verses it says the mind is progressive. And then eventually it says that how the mind becomes reconciled with the meditation of the Lord. So I was just appreciating how the from dragging the mind it becomes reconciled with the It becomes reconciled. Yeah. And you're indicating that as a like the progressive path. At, at some point, it becomes willing and eager to hear about Krishna. Yes, because the mind is very notoriously famous to distract all of us from spiritual paths. Yeah. Good to see yeah. getting reconciled. Yeah. And we can feel the mind becoming cooperative as we continue the practice of devotional service. And it manifests in the form of spiritual strength that although there's some suggestion by the mind that to, to do some mundane thing, and then there's a higher intelligence, a sense that says, why would I do that? What a waste of time. I don't get any points for that one. And then th there's a, a momentum that one develops by hearing and chanting in the association of devotees. Okay, one more. Yes. Uh, Hare Krishna. In one of the purports, uh, Prabhupada was saying that uh, pantheism or the system of seeing the Lord uh, everywhere, so that um, this is sort of a training for the mind to become accustomed to devotional service. And um, and then he goes on to say that uh, it is with this because of this devotional attitude the mystic makes possible um, the successful termination of such mystic attempts. And then gradually. Say that last part again. I'll just read it. Pantheism or the system of feeling the presence of the Almighty everywhere is a sort of training of the mind to become accustomed to the devotional conception. And it is this devotional attitude of the mystic that makes possible the successful termination of such mystic attempts. Nice. Yeah. 
then they become devotees later on. Yes. That's how Prabhupada ends all the sections. And then they become devotees later on. <laughs> okay. Let's go back and read a little more. How was school? Did they read Bhagavatam? They didn't know it was Kartik, right? Good to see you. Okay, here we go, 26. Patalam etasya hi padamulam patandi prashni prapadyerasatalam mahatalam vishvasrijotakulpam talatalam vaipurushasya jange. Jange, what does that mean? The shanks. The shanks. Okay. Persons who have realized it have studied that the planets known as Patala constitute the bottoms of the feet of the universal Lord and the heels and the toes are the Rasatala planets. The ankles are the Mahatala planets and his shanks constitute the Talatala planets. Purport, outside the bodily existence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the manifested cosmic existence has no reality. Everything and anything of the manifested world rests on him, as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 9.4. But that does not imply that everything and anything in the vision of the materialist is the Supreme Personality. The conception of the universal form of the Lord gives a chance to the materialist to think of the Supreme Lord. But the materialist must know for certain that his visualization of the world in a spirit of lording it over is not God-realization. The materialistic view of exploitation of the material resources is occasioned by the illusion of the external energy of the Lord. And as such, if anyone wants to realize the supreme truth by conceiving of the universal form of the Lord, he must cultivate the service attitude. Unless the service attitude is revived, the conception of virat realization will have very little effect on the seer. The transcendental Lord in any conception of his form is never a part of the material creation. He keeps his identity as supreme spirit in all circumstances and is never affected by the three material qualities. For everything material is contaminated. The Lord always exists by his internal energy. The universe is divided into 14 planetary systems. Seven planetary systems called Pur, Bhuva, Bhur, Bhuvar, Swar, Mahar, Janas, Tapas, and Satya are upward planetary systems, one above the other. There are also seven planetary systems downward, known as Atala, Vitala, Sutala, Talatala, Mahatala, Rasatala, and Patala, gradually one below the other. In this verse, the description begins from the bottom because it is in the line of devotion that the Lord's bodily description should begin from his feet. Shukadeva Goswami is a recognized devotee of the Lord, and he is exactly correct in the description. Dvejanani sutalam vishvamurter urudravyam vitalam chatalam cha mahitalam taj jaghanam mahipate 
nabhastalam nabhisuro grananti. The knees of the universal form are the planetary system of the name Sutala, and the two thighs are the Vitala and Atala planetary systems. The hips are Mahitala, and outer space is the depression of his navel. Urastalam Jyotir Anikamasya Briva Maharvandanam Vaijanusya Tapovaratim Viduradipumsa Satyam to Sirshani Sahasra Shirshna. The chest of the original personality of the gigantic form is the luminary planetary system. His neck is the Mahar planets, his mouth is the Janus planets, and his forehead is the Tapas planetary system. The topmost planetary system known as Satyaloka is the head of he who has 1,000 heads. Purport. The effulgent luminary planets like the sun and the moon are situated almost in the mid-place of the universe, and as such they are to be known as the chest of the original gigantic form of the Lord, and above the luminary planets called also the heavenly planets, the heavenly places of the universal direct, directorate demigods are the Mahar, Janus, and Tapas planetary systems, and above all, the Satyaloka planetary system where the chief directors of the modes of material nature reside, namely Vishnu, Brahma, and Shiva. This Vishnu is known as Shirdakshai Vishnu, and he acts as the supersoul in every living being. There are, innumerable, there are innumerable universes floating on the causal ocean, and in each of them the representation of the Virat form of the Lord is there, along with innumerable suns, moons, heavenly demigods, Brahmas, Vishnus, and Shivas, all of them situated in one part of the inconceivable potency of Lord Krishna, as stated in the Bhagavad Gita 10.42. In Rarayo Bahava Ahur Usra Karnao Dishashotram Amusha Shabda Nasatya Dasrao Paramasya Nase Grano Sagando Mukam Agnir Idha. His arms are the demigods headed by Indra. The ten directional sides are his ears, and physical sound is his sense of hearing. His nostrils are the two Ashvini Kumaras, and material fragrance is his sense of smell. His mouth is the blazing fire. Purport. The description of the gigantic form of the personality of Godhead made in the 11th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita is further explained here in the Srimad Bhagavatam. The description in the Bhagavad Gita 1130 runs as follows. O Vishnu! I see you devouring all people in your blazing mouths and covering all the universe by your innumerable rays, scorching the worlds you are manifest. In that way, Srimad Bhagavatam is the postgraduate study for the student of the Bhagavad Gita. Both of them, hmm, both of them are the science of Krishna, the absolute truth, and so they're in, interdependent. The conception of the Virat Purusha or the gigantic form of the Supreme Lord is said to include all the dominating demigods as well as the dominated living beings. Even the minutest part of a living being is controlled by the empowered agency of the Lord. 
since the demigods are included in the gigantic form of the Lord, worship of the Lord, whether in this gig mm, sorry, gigantic, mm, whether in his gigantic material conception or in his eternal transcendental form as Lord Sri Krishna also appeases the demigods and all the other parts and parcels as much as watering the root of a tree distributes energy to all the tree's other parts. Consequently, for a materialist also, worship of the universal gigantic form of the Lord leads one to the right path. One need not risk being misled by approaching many demigods for fulfillment of different desires. The real entity is the Lord himself. And all others are imaginary, for everything is included in him only. Jaur akshini chakshur abhut patanga Pakshmani vishnur ahani ubhecha Tad bru vrajimbha parameshti dishnyam Aposmyata talurasa eva jihwa The sphere of outer space constitutes his eye pits and the eyeball is the sun as the power of seeing. His eyelids are both a day and night, and in the movements of his eyebrows, Brahma and similar supreme personalities reside. His palate is the director of water, Varuna, and the juice or essence of everything is his tongue. Purport, to common sense, the description in this verse appears to be somewhat contradictory because sometimes the sun has been described as the eyeball and sometimes as the outer space sphere. But there is no room for common sense in the injunctions of the Shastras. We must accept the description of the Shastras and concentrate more on the form of the Virat Rupa than on common sense. Common sense is always imperfect, whereas the description in the Shastras is always perfect and complete. If there is any incongruity, it is due to our imperfection to our imperfection and not the Shastras. That is the method of approaching Vedic wisdom. What does that mean? whose glance casting over moksha. They say that the Vedic hymns are the cerebral passage of the Lord and his jaws of teeth are Yama, God of death, who punishes the sinners. The art of affection is his set of teeth and the most alluring, illusory material energy is his smile. This great ocean of material creation is but the casting of his glance over us. Haribo. According to Vedic assertion, this material creation is the result of the Lord's casting a glance over the material energy, which is described herein as the most alluring, illusory energy. The conditioned souls who are allured by such materialism should know that the material temporary creation is simply an imitation of the reality and that those who are captivated by such alluring glances of the Lord 
are put under the direction of the controller of sinners called Yamaraj. The Lord smiles affectionately, displaying his teeth. The intelligent person who can grasp these truths about the Lord becomes a soul fully surrendered unto him. Everyone happy? Yes. 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 Modesty is the upper portion of his lips. Hankering is his chin. Religion is the breast of the Lord, and irreligion is his back. Brahmaji, who generates all living beings in the material world, is his genitals, and the Mitra Varunas are his two testicles. The ocean is his waist, and the hills and mountains are the stacks of his bones. The Supreme Lord is not impersonal, is misconceived by less intelligent thinkers. Rather, he is the Supreme Person, as confirmed in all authentic Vedic literatures. But his personality is different from what we can conceive. It is stated here that Brahmaji acts as his genitals and that the Mitra Varunas are his two testicles. This means that as a person he is complete with all bodily organs, but they are of different types with different potencies. When the Lord is described as impersonal, Therefore, it should be understood that his personality is not exactly the type of personality found within our imperfect speculation. One can, however, worship the Lord even by seeing the hills and mountains or the ocean and the sky as different parts and parcels of the gigantic body of the Lord. The Virat Purusha, the Virat Rupa as exhibited by Lord Krishna to Arjuna is a challenge to the unbelievers. You know, there are so many times I would receive... When I was out on book distribution in the airport, people give me a little, what is called a tract, and it, by uh, Christians make tiny little booklets that explain a bit, their basic philosophy of accepting Jesus Christ, and then he'd be your personal savior. And they would, uh, in one of them, they had a, a drawing on the front about uh, entering the kingdom of God and had a picture of God but you couldn't see him it was just the throne and then a light and th there was no personality there and in one sense it's, it's difficult to conceive of a supreme person when one is a competitor in other words if, I'm if I desire material enjoyment in this world it means I'm competing against God because First of all, I, I was thinking about this the other day, that a, a thief can never be grateful. Because if you steal something from someone, the intent of them giving it to you is gone. And you can't actually feel gratitude. Because gratitude means you don't have anything, and then you are given something as a gift. Plus, there has to be a personal intention behind it. There had to be a motive of um, a... a, a um, a motive, a good motive behind it. So, uh, as as is mentioned in the Bhagavatam, Bhayam dvitiya bini besha tasyad ishad apetasya viparya yosmiti 
Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave this verse to Sanatana Goswami from the Bhagavatam and said that the living entity, instead of being grateful to God and worshiping him, then instead becomes a competitor. And therefore, there's a sense of like, I don't want God to be a person because if he's all powerful and I'm a servant, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta change my ways. And so there's this tendency to be impersonal. And when we talk about God, it's like, oh, he, he doesn't have, he's not like us. He doesn't have a name or a form. It's like, oh, that's convenient. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so there was a point I was coming to, but I interrupted myself. Yeah, before the thief even. So, yeah. So this, uh, oh, right, I know what it was. It was something actually a very demonstrative of this principle. I was in the Denver airport. Denver was always a rough and tumble airport to distribute. A lot of skiers who are very kind of upwardly mobile and not that interested, especially in the era we were there. They were like, I'm going to Breckenridge, get out of my way. And the, uh, then there were a lot of cowboys and they weren't great either. Uh, so anyway, one day I stopped this cowboy and he bought a second counter of the Bhagavatam because we used to distribute individual books. We, when they'd come out, you know, we'd have the individual book and we'd just distribute it. It's like, what's this? Eighth Canto. It's about Kajendra <laughs> in the middle of the airport. And so anyway, I distributed this second canto and, uh, I was going on with my work and then about an hour later the cowboy came back and he had his thumb in the book open to this purport, this particular verse about the anatomically complete uh, form of the universal form. And he had circled, you know, certain sections and he said, give me my money back. <laughs> I said, why? And he said, just give me my money back. <laughs> and it's like he'd, he looked a little serious about it. so not wanting to end up physically impaired, I gave him, <laughs> I gave him his money back and he just handed me the book sort of unceremoniously, but left the place open so I could see why he was so disturbed. And it was this verse in purport and he just called in now and he's still mad. No, um, <laughs> but I stood there for a while thinking like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> God's a person. I can't, I can't help you on this one, buddy. You know, you're going to have to <laughs> come to this and so, at some point to realize that, you know, you're, uh, you're not the supreme personality of Godhead. You don't get to be the complete person and God isn't, you know. So it's just, it's very interesting when you enter into the Bhagavatam, you're coming into uh, the section where Shukadeva immediately goes to the fact that God's a person and he's describing how to come to that realization as quickly as possible because unless we have that understanding then we're in the darkness of ignorance and we can't come out of the material nature unless we know that we have a relationship with the supreme personality of Godhead and the Bhagavatam takes us step by step so that we can come to that position and then actually give our whole hearts in service in a relationship to to Krishna, it's quite amazing, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. Do you like the cowboy story? Yes. Okay. We got more where that came from. All right. Nadyo sa nadyo ta.
Nadyo sanadyo ta taranti ru no wait Nadyo sanadyo ta tanuruhani mahi ruha vishvatonondrapendra ananta virya shwasitam matartishwa gatir vaya karma guna pravaha pravaha apologies o king the rivers are the veins of the gigantic body. The trees are the hairs of his body, and the omnipotent air is his breath. The passing ages are his movements, and his activities are the reactions of the three modes of material nature. I think that um, Michael Cassidy, remember we heard that song, Protoplasmic Crud? There's another one about the universal, universal form if you want to find it. The personality of God, it is not dead stone. I think it's that song. Oh, Govinda, within my heart, celestial herdsman, lotus side one. The personality of God, it is not a dead stone, nor is he inactive, as is poorly thought by some schools. He moves with the progress of time, and therefore he knows all about past and future, along with his present activities. There is nothing unknown to him. The conditioned souls are driven by the reactions of the modes of material nature, which are the activities of the Lord. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita 7.12, the modes of nature act under his direction only, and as such, no natural functions are blind or automatic. The power behind the activities is the supervision of the Lord, and thus the Lord is never inactive as is wrongly conceived. The Vedas say that the Supreme Lord has nothing to do personally, as is always the case with superiors, but everything is done by his direction. As it is said, not a blade of grass moves without his sanction. In the Brahma Sanghita, it is said that all the universes and the heads of them, the Brahmas, exist only for the duration of his breathing period. The same is confirmed here. The air on which the universes and the planets within the universes exist is nothing but a bit of the breath of the unchallengeable. Virat Purusha. So even by studying the rivers, trees, air, and passing ages, one can conceive of the personality of Godhead without being misled by the formless conception of the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita 12.5, it is stated that those who are much inclined to the formless conception of the Supreme Truth are more troubled than those who can intelligently conceive of the personal form. Ishasya keshan virambuvahan vasastu sandhyam kurvaryabhumna Avyakta mahurhridayam manascha sachandrama sarva vikara kosha. O best amongst the Kurus, the clouds which carry water are the hairs on his head, the terminations of days or nights are his dress, and the supreme cause of material creation is his intelligence. His mind is the moon, the reservoir of all changes. Keep going. 
The principle of matter, Mahatattva, is the consciousness of the omnipresent Lord. As asserted by the experts, the Rudra Deva is his ego. The horse, mule, camel, and elephant are his nails. And wild animals and all quadrupeds are situated in the belt zone of the Lord. Keep going. Varieties of birds are indications of his masterful artistic sense. Haribo. Manu, the father of mankind, is the emblem of his standard intelligence and humanity is his residence. The celestial species of human beings like the Gandharvas, Vidyadras, Charanas, and angels all represent his musical rhythm and the demoniac soldiers are representations of his wonderful prowess. Purport, the atheistic, the, excuse me, the aesthetic sense of the Lord is manifested in the artistic, colorful creation of varieties of birds like the peacock, parrot, and cuckoo. The celestial species of human beings like the Gandharvas and Vidyadras can sing wonderfully and can in, entice even the minds of the heavenly demigods. Their musical rhythm represents the musical sense of the Lord. How then can he be impersonal? His musical taste, artistic sense, and standard intelligence, which is never fallible, are different signs of his supreme personality. The Manusamhita is the standard law book for humanity, and every human being is advised to follow this great book of social knowledge. Human society is the residential quarters for the Lord. This means that the human being is meant for God-realization and association with God. This life is a chance for the conditioned soul to regain his eternal God-consciousness and thus fulfill the mission of life. Maharaj Prahlad is the right type of representative of the Lord in the family of Asuras. None of the living beings is away from the Lord's gigantic body. Each and every one has a particular duty in relation to the Supreme Body. Disruption in the matter of discharging the specific duty assigned to each and every living being is the cause of disharmony between one living being and another. But when the relation is reestablished in relation with the Supreme Lord, there is complete unity between all living beings, even up to the limit of the wild animals in human society. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu displayed this living unity in the jungle of Madhya Pradesh, where even the tigers, elephants, and many other ferocious animals perfectly cooperated in glorifying the Supreme Lord. That is the way to peace and amity all over the world. Keep going. Thank you. The Virapurusha's face is the Brahmanas. His arms are the Kshatriyas, his thighs are the Vaishyas, and the Shudras are under the protection of his feet. All the worshipable demigods are also overtaken by him. It is the end. It is the duty of everyone to perform sacrifices with feasible goods to appease the Lord. Monotheism is particularly monotheism is practically suggested here. Offering sacrifices to many demigods under different names is mentioned in the Vedic literatures, but the suggestion made in this verse is that. All those varieties of demigods are included in the form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They are only the parts and parcels of the, of the original whole. 
Similarly, the divisions of the orders of human society, namely the Brahmanas, the intelligent class, the Kshatriyas, the administrators, It's like an eclipse. I don't know where I am now. The Vaishyas, the mercantile community, and the Shudras, the laborer class, are all included in the body of the Supreme. As such, sacrifice by every one of them in terms of pleasing the Supreme by feasible goods is recommended. Generally, the sacrifice... Can you look up feasible? I want to see how it's being used here. Feasible goods. As such, sacrifice by every one of them in terms of pleasing the Supreme Lord by feasible goods is recommended. Generally, the sacrifice is offered with clarified butter and grains, but with the progress of time, human society has produced varieties of goods by transforming materials supplied by God's material nature. Human society, therefore, must learn to offer sacrifices not only with clarified butter. Look, Prophet puts it in italics. He did it in the first few cantos to emphasize this point. It's such a key point about Yukta Vairagya. Human society therefore must learn to offer sacrifices not only with clarified butter but also with other manufactured goods in the propagation of the Lord's glory and that will bring about perfection in human society. What do you got for us here? Feasible? Adjective, possible to do easily or conveniently. Another one is likely, probable. Where does the word come from? Latin, facere, and then Old French, fair, which is do or make, and then feasible. Anything from the etymological dictionary? We should just learn Latin. Um, capable of being done, accomplished, or carried out. Hmm. And then, mid-15th century from Anglo-French, feasible. Possible that may be done, easy, convenient. To make, do, perform from the Proto-Indo-European Proto root, the, to set, put. To what? Set or put. Set or put, like it's available, it's set or put. Okay. Probably emphasize it with the italics. The intelligent class of, thank you. The intelligent class of men or prominence may give direction for such sacrifices in consultation with the previous acharyas. The administrators may give all facilities to perform such sacrifices. The Vaisha class or mercantile community who produce such goods may offer them for sacrifice, and the Shudra class may offer their manual labor for the successful termination of such sacrifice. Thus, the, by the cooperation of all classes of human beings, the sacrifice recommended in this age, namely the sacrifice of congregational chanting of the holy name of the Lord, may be executed for the common welfare of all the people of the world. Haribo! Do you want a two-minute break? Yes. Three? Yes. Three-minute break. We'll be back here at 3.35. I mean, 7.30. 7.43.
Seven, see you back in seven, at 7.42. Hare Krishna. 7.46. Just come back in three minutes. <laughs> We're continuing with the reading of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the literary incarnation of Krishna, that has appeared just after the disappearance of Lord Krishna to his supreme abode to give light, knowledge, and the conception of devotion to all of us. And we're in the first chapter of the second canto. 
If you'll scroll down just a little bit. I have thus explained to you the gross material, gigantic conception of the personality of Godhead. One who seriously desires liberation concentrates his mind on this form of the Lord because there is nothing more than this in the material world. Purport in the Bhagavad Gita 9.10, the Supreme Personality of Godhead has verily explained that the material nature is only an order-carrying agent of his. She is one of the different potencies of the Lord and she acts under his direction only. As the Supreme Transcendental Lord, he simply casts a glance over the material principle, and thus the agitation of matter begins. And the resultant actions are manifested one after another by six kinds of gradual differentiations. All material creation is moving in that way, and thus it appears and disappears in due course. Less intelligent persons with a poor fund of knowledge cannot accommodate the thought of this inconceivable potency of the Lord, Sri Krishna, by which he appears just like a human being. His appearance in the material world as one of us is also his causeless mercy upon the fallen souls. He is transcendental to all material conceptions, but by his unbounded mercy. Mm. We're unable to hear on Zoom. Unable to hear. That's amazing. She can't hear? What did you miss, Priya? The last... We must about like, five, like two minutes since you got back. That's a lot. Yeah. All right, we'll try to mark that space so you can catch up on it. Well, you're reading from the book, right? Um, we're follow I'm following along. All right, in the I'll just keep screen. going yeah. then. Inconvenience is regretted. Sorry. His unbounded mercy upon his pure devotees. Mm. Go up a little more so get the beginning of a sentence, please. His appearance in the material world as one of us, is also his causeless mercy upon the fallen souls. He is transcendental to all material conceptions, but by his unbounded mercy upon his pure devotees, he comes down and manifests himself as the personality of Godhead. Materialistic philosophers and scientists are too much engrossed with atomic energy and the gigantic situation of the universal form and they offer respect more seriously to the external phenomenal feature of the material manifestations than to the nominal principle of spiritual existence. Look up nominal. The transcendental form of the Lord is beyond the jurisdiction of such materialistic activities and it is very difficult to conceive that. The Lord can be simultaneously localized and all-pervasive because the materialistic philosophers and scientists think of everything in terms of their own experience. Because they are unable to accept the personal feature of the Supreme Lord, the Lord is kind enough to demonstrate the virat feature of his transcendental form. And herein, Srila Shukadeva Goswami has vividly described this form of the Lord. He concludes that there is nothing beyond this gigantic feature of the Lord. 
None of the materialistic, thoughtful men can go beyond this conception of the gigantic form. The minds of the materialistic men are flickering and constantly changing from one aspect to another. Therefore, one is advised to think of the Lord by thinking of any part of his gigantic body, and by one's intelligence only, one can think of him in any manifestation of the material world. The forest, the hill, the ocean, the man, the animal, the demigod, the bird, the beast, or anything else. Each and every item of the material manifestation entails a part of the body of the gigantic form, and thus the flickering mind can be fixed in the Lord only and nothing else. This process of concentrating on the different parts, bodily parts of the Lord, will gradually diminish the demoniac challenge of godlessness and bring about gradual development of devotional service to the Lord. Everything being a part and parcel of the complete whole, the neophyte, a uh, student will gradually realize the hymns of Ishapanishad would state that the Supreme Lord is everywhere, and thus he will learn the art of not committing any offense to the body of the Lord. Haribo. This sense of God-mindedness will diminish one's pride in challenging the existence of God. Thus one can learn to show respect to everything for all things are parts and parcels of the Supreme Body. What do you got? Um, nominum, it means, it's a noun, and it means a thing as it is in itself, as distinct from a thing, as it is knowable by the senses through phenomenal attributes. Wow, that's pretty philosophical. You're going to have to write a dissertation on that. Um, and it comes from Greek noin, which means to conceive or apprehend. And then it's still in Greek, which means nominon, or it's nominon, and it means something conceived. And then it ended up in German, nominon. Wow. Interesting. Thank you. How did you like that last purport? Too much. It's too good. Okay, one more, and we'll take a couple of reflections. One should concentrate his mind upon the supreme personality of Godhead, which alone, who alone, distributes himself in so many manifestations, just as ordinary persons create thousands of manifestations in dreams. One must concentrate the mind on him, the only all-blissful absolute truth. Otherwise, one will be misled and will cause his own degradation. Purport. In this verse, the process of devotional service is indicated by the great Goswami, Srila Shukadev. He tries to impress upon us that instead of diverting our attention to several branches of self-realization, we should concentrate upon the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the supreme object of realization, worship, and devotion. Self-realization is, as it were, offering a fight for eternal life against the material struggle for existence. And therefore, by the illusory grace of the external energy, the yogi, okay, uh, fight uh, for eternal life against the material struggle for existence. Therefore, by the illusory grace of the external energy, the yogi or the devotee is faced with many allurements which can entangle 
a great fighter again in the bondage of material existence. That's an interesting way to put it, isn't it? The illusory grace. It's going to entangle a great fighter again in the bondage of material existence. Wow. A yogi can attain miraculous successes in material achievements such as anima, lakima, by which one can become more minute than the minutest or lighter than the lightest, or in the ordinary sense one can achieve material benedictions in the shape of wealth and women. But one is warned against such allurements because entanglement again in such illusory pleasure means degradation of the self and further imprisonment in the material world. By this warning, one should follow one's vigilant intelligence only. Follow your vigilant intelligence only. The Supreme Lord is one and his expansions are various. He is therefore the super soul of everything. When a man sees anything, he must know that, he, that his seeing is secondary and the Lord's seeing is primary. One cannot see anything without the Lord's having first seen it. That is the instruction of the Vedas and the Upanishads. So whatever we see or do, the super soul of all acts, the super soul of all acts of seeing or doing is the Lord. This theory of simultaneous oneness and difference between the individual soul and the super soul is propounded by Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the philosophy of Achinta Chinta Achintya Beda Beda Tattva. The Virat Rupa, or the gigantic feature of the Supreme Lord, includes everything materially manifested, and therefore the Virat, or gigantic feature of the Lord, is the super soul of all living and non-living entities. But the Virat Rupa is also the manifestation of Narayan or Vishnu. And going further on and on, one will eventually see that Lord Krishna is the ultimate super soul of everything that be. The conclusion is that one should unhesitatingly become a worshiper of Lord Krishna or, for that matter, his plenary expansion Narayan and, no, and none else. In the Vedic hymns, it is clearly said that first of all, Narayan cast a glance over matter and thus there was creation. Before creation, there was neither Brahma nor Shiva and what to speak of others. Sripad Shankaracharya has definitely accepted this, that Narayan is beyond the material creation and that all others are within the material creation. The whole material creation, therefore, is one with and different from Narayan, simultaneously, and this supports the Achintya Veda Veda Tattva philosophy of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Being an emanation from the glancing potency of Narayan, the whole material creation is non-different from him, but because it is the effect of his external energy, Bahiranga Maya, and is aloof from the internal potency, Atma Maya. The whole material creation is different from him at the same time. The example given in this verse very nicely is that, that of the dreaming man. The dreaming man creates many things in his dream, and thus he himself becomes the entangled seer of the dream and is also affected by the consequences. This material creation is also exactly a dreamlike creation of the Lord, but he, being the transcendental supersoul, is neither entangled nor affected 
by the reactions of such a dreamlike creation. He is always in his transcendental position, but essentially he is everything and nothing is apart from him. As a part of him, one should therefore concentrate on him only without deviation. Otherwise, one is sure to be overcome by the potencies of the material creation one after another. It is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 9.7 as follows. Sarvabhutani kaunteya prakritim yanti mamikam kalpakshayi punastani kalpa dao visrajam yaham O son of Kunti, at the end of the millennium, every material manifestation enters into my nature, and at the beginning of another millennium, by my potency, I again create. The human life, however, is an opportunity to get out of this repetition of creation and annihilation. It is a means whereby one may escape the Lord's external potency and enter into his internal potency. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the second canto, first chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam entitled The First Step in God Realization, thus proving the principle of Be a Sage page by page. Haribo. Bravo. Bravissimo. Sadhu, sadhu. Definitely the greatest show in Silicon Valley tonight. I don't know how many other corporations are reading Bhagavatam. I hope quite a few, though. Uh, let's take a few reflections. What did, you, what did you hear that struck you as being profound or helpful? Oh, good. We have the whole Zoom room. There's a lot of famous sadhus in there. Okay. What did you all hear? Prabhu, I have a reflection from Priya. She's not able to read because she's actually in Denver Airport. No reading allowed in Denver? <laughs> she says there's so much noise. Oh, too much so, noise. In De oh, you're in the airport. Okay, good. Yes, Prabhu. So can I read on her behalf? Yes, please. In relation to Srila Prabhupada firmly establishing the Lord as person, I wanted to share that I went to a Christian school for about two years. I found that some of their underlying philosophy, a relationship with God, is that he is not a describable person, rather an energy or being, and he was more predominantly fulfilling the role as an order supplier. I feel that this was a painful and impersonal. This was painful and impersonal. If God himself who created us is not a person and is nothingness, what would happen to me when I leave this world? Would I become nothing too? The conception that the Lord is a person provides a soul an infinite world of life and inspiration to strive for a higher goal. There is a guarantee of externality. Also, we would like to check, we would like to check in from Denver Airport. That's Priya. Haribo. Nice one. Thank you for that anecdote from the Christian school. As we were discussing earlier, there's a way in which oftentimes people have a nondescript 
description of the personality of it it comes to a point yes he's he's a person but indescribable is just energy doesn't go any further than that okay there was another hand up i saw it maybe it was in here yes is it okay so when i read um explanation about um god that everything is his body in this world like air and animals and rivers and mountains that everything is part parts of god's body and it's really uh, helped me uh, to constantly think about him when i look like ocean and i think wow it's part of like god's body so it's really helpful it's very helped me to think about god like constantly not just when i in in the temple or when i read bhagavad gita or something else or pray or chant mantra just yeah because before i thought how is it possible constantly i am not this level to constantly think about god just when i read okay i remember about him but now after not not just now before i also read about this but it's uh, it's remind me again that yeah it's everything uh, it's like god and i remember one first time i um read bhagavad gita and about this um viratrupa gods it was first time just for me when i read this and i thought oh my god it was really realization that it's like was deep i think it was um mercy from god or maybe from shrila prabhupada that i realized that my god it's everything it's like in the god body and god is everywhere and i remember my mood for that day it was constantly like all day when i uh, went on the street like took walk and then met with my friends i had such a high level of like i don't know um, maybe vibration of spirit that i everyone except like peace of god and everything and my friend asked what is it with you you look like very happy i said i am really i just see everything in uh, in like uh, in god's body so yeah so it's great that we can get this knowledge and then get, can get this some realization and remember about god like this sorry so long Haribo! Thank you.